Hello and welcome back to another episode of Controllers and Couches. I am part B of the hosts. And I'm Steph. I am Chicken Metal Full. It's yeah. nice to meet you, Chicken Metal Full. Chicken Metal Full. Yes. How are you doing today, Chicken Metal Full? Uh, yeah. I'm getting there. Lame, loaded up on painkillers, so that's fun. Yeah. Love workplace. I love me some workplace injuries. Yeah. So, yeah, no, fun and games. Yes. So, it's been a week. How are you? All um, good to go? Ready to rock and roll? Oh, yeah. Excited to do this. We put it off until the latest possible moment as possible. Because I've been back in the lab. And it's just been... I don't want to say immensely stressful, but it's been... Oh, sorry. Did I not pour enough? Oh, good. It's science. Um, actually, I didn't want you to pour it all over your keyboard when you carried it. Then we have T-board. Okay. Keyboard. Um, yeah, I've been back in the lab, and that's pretty much it. Nice. Mhm. Mm Nothing major. Hmm. Um, any other updates? Haven't gamed. Hmm. I uh, broke a headset. Well, <laughs> well, not. It wasn't really me. It it just broke. To be fair, you've had it for over ten years. Yeah, it's so. eleven years old. It's uh, I got the original Astros. Um, A40s, yeah. original A40s. Um, so yeah, I got in contact with Astro, and uh, yeah, they sent me a replacement. I um, also want to point out, it's not that we're poor. Um, I was going to get you a new set for Christmas. Yeah. But then we made the executive decision of why would we spend five hundred dollars on a headset that could potentially be obsolete in yeah. nine months' time when the new consoles come out. Yeah. So we figured we'd just wait. But um, yeah, these. These headphones have literally got me through. Like the Rough times, good times, the bad times. Comfiest pair of headphones I've had. Now, obviously, <laughs> I've had people say, oh, you're a sellout because you use Astro. Oh, there are better headphones out there. But if you want a headset, you go for an Astro. For me personally, yeah. I, I stick with them. That's my, you know, my go-to. I find them very comfortable. I've, I've enjoyed them, never had a problem. So, um, I must say that... I really love the quality of the audio that comes out of them, but I'm sorry, I don't like headsets, whether they're bulky or light. Yeah. And I just, I can't, they're too heavy, they feel like they're compressing my cervical uh, region of my spinal cord, and I just get that neck pain, and it just hurts my ears and the top of my head. Yeah. I'm more of a headphones, earbuds person. Yeah. I'm definitely headset. Yeah. Definitely well, headset. No, no hate, it's at the end of the day. Whatever you need to listen to whatever it is you want to yeah. listen to in high quality. So, But it's cool because it has a mix amp as well, so you can switch between, you know, game audio and vocal. Musical. So, uh, yeah, no. Uh, so they sent me some replacement stuff for free. Ex like, you know, you know, UPS expedited. So you know. That must be nice because when I pay for uh, overseas expedi expedition uh, and we're home... Because some sellers don't let you send shit to your PO box that you pay for. Yeah. And you pay for this expedited bullshit and then they pretend to have knocked on your door and they, just and they run. It. Yeah. And then you have to go to the post office and then the, the post tenant says to you, oh no, that didn't happen. And you go, actually, here's my doorbell cam. 
The ones that crack me up are where the guy just walks up the stairs, throws it, presses the button, walks off. Yeah, and then I go, you fucked me! How do they not know what's in there? It literally says fragile. Like, you've seen ones where, you know, you watch it on the, you know, internet and you see people, like, throw, like, literally go long, 50-yard pass from the driveway. And you know what pisses me off, too, especially in Australia, is that if you buy something, for example, on Amazon and you elect to pay the extra five to whatever bucks it is to have it handled by FedEx... Right? Yeah. So you pay the FedEx or whatever fee it is to have it, that thing or whatever website it is. You pay for an actual courier company. Why isn't that courier company the company that gives it to me? Yeah. Why do they give it to an Australia Post contractor when I've paid for a courier to deliver it to me where it's trackable up until the moment it's in my hand? Yeah. It's, they've got to fix some things. And I mean, we've had perfect post. You've had perfect customer service, and then obviously you get a—it's the bell curve effect, where you get not so good customer service, not so good. I mean, a case in point yesterday, where we went out, we went to pay. Yeah. And this place. place that we frequent a lot um, suddenly decided that they want to surcharge people for using pay pass yeah is that the thing? So the pay pay so pay wave and pay pass are two separate things, are they not? Yeah. Right? It's separate. So, we've gone to pay and we've read it. And so, if you pay with a savings account or a checking account, you don't have to pay the 1.5% surcharge that's specific to this one place. And so, we've gone up there to pay. And then she's like, oh, with the surcharge, that'll be blah, blah, blah. And I've gone, no, I'm sorry. I'm paying with a savings account. And she's like, oh, you're, you're paying with savings there's still a surcharge, and I've gone, no, your sign literally says, and it's not a credit account that I pay with. I don't have a credit account. And then she was like, oh, and just freaking tell people, because some people will pay. First off, what we're paying for wasn't worth the money we paid for to begin with, and let alone to pay an extra, yeah. you know. And there are so many elderly people that go there and pay that method, and they wouldn't think to just flip their card around. Yeah. And pay with the chip instead of the pass. And the other thing that gets me too is, and it's only happened with, like, I think within the last probably three to six months, is the surcharges were primarily, you'd see them pop up on public holidays. You'd always and see the signs. for um, American Express. Yeah, to cover penalty rates. I understand that for wage, you know, increases and everything. But here's the thing. In hospitality, especially in Australia, the pay rate is going down. So but if if the pay is decreasing, the surcharges are being factored into the normal everyday pricing, and even and also that's increasing. Also, in Australian consumer law, it's illegal to have a handwritten sign like that. It has to be, you know, formal. an actual printed sign like they do at Aldi and everywhere else. You cannot hand write stuff like that because I remember I did that once at Miller's way way back in the day. Because during the Christmas period, a lot of people actually have that because apparently American Express is the safest card to have. Yep. Yes, you get charged surcharge, but apparently you get refunded that if you're in a specific tier. I don't yep. know how true this is now, but at least that's what it used to be back in the day. I'm talking maybe eight years, nine years ago. And so they would refund that to you at the end of the year, given as a... Um, is it a credit that they give you? 
you'd think it'd be. I credit. think it's a credit they give you. Um, and then so they, sorry, they would auto roll that over. And then so I would, t I had a sign that I put on the register saying, I'm, um, you know, um, please be advised. There's a, I think Surgeons. at that point it was 2% for Millis. Yeah. And I said, please be advised that there's a 2% surcharge for Amazon Express um, purchases. And then my area supervisor the next day was like, who put this here? This is illegal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So you can't have handwritten signs like that. And see, that. now it's all changing. Like people are just, you know, if they can make an extra buck. They will. It's... And you know what fucking pisses me off? We, you pointed it out to me yesterday. There's this really shitty turmeric yeah. pop-up stand. Although I'm saying turmeric is shitty, but I'm saying the way that people sell it is a... Yes, it is a quote-unquote superfood, but the way that people sell it and market it is really fucking shitty. And so they're trying to say that it cures... Someone had a toothache. Uh, someone had fibromyalgia. Uh, someone had a... What did they say? Cancer? Or something like that. Yeah. Like they had... A, a little thing and then I've gone as I didn't go up to the stand but you pointed out the woman was wearing a fake lab coat yeah uh, and that's not PC no uh, to be wearing a lab coat out in public no. out of sight of physical containment but that's a different story and then so I'm like oh so where are they getting these statements from it's people's fucking Facebook comments yeah so people self-diagno disrespect to people who actually have any of those diseases disorders problems chronic illnesses um people who self-diagnose yeah buy a fucking shot of turmeric for 80 dollars and then they're like it took it away but it wasn't that at all no it's like for instance you see people who will go and go ah oh, well you know i use it in oh yeah there's a health benefit this can cure this but then what's going to happen is um you get an overload. It well, worked like, so well for Bell Gibson, did it? Just didn't it? KOs. I mean, obviously you have, um, you know, spices like herbs and spices are going to be part of every culture. Um, yeah, like saffron. Know, every, saffron, yeah. Like liquid. What do they call it? Powdered gold or something? Isn't that what they um, call golden it? Golden spice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Indian saffron is essentially what turmeric is, but you get different. Um, Spices that interact with each other and uh, certain spices wins. increase the, I suppose, uptake of certain other spices. Well, that's the thing. You're taking a compound in and it has an effect on living tissue. Yeah. So... But you should be very, very careful how some, if you're on medication, um, how that sort of like plays in... You have to factor into your diet the things that can play around with your medication because if you take for example on some people who take beta blockers you can't have pomegranate because it will having the pomegranate there's a compound enzyme in there that will like skyrocket your uptake and people these days really throw around antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties and you know the the superfoods they really push that and we but were walking to have past antioxidants that. work for your body you need to have them when you're younger yeah. And you need to have them for from the point at which you're like in your early early adolescence to your thirties, forties for it to have any effect because it that's what reactive oxygen species are. Yeah. They Good accumulate. Yeah. And it accumulates damage. And it's see, not a I'm gonna take one pill or one fucking uh uh what do they call it? A a blend shot that you can get at um boost. Yeah, with the wheatgrass. Yeah. It's not one shot that's gonna kill you for no, life. It's it's part of a healthy, you know, 
diet, I suppose, a healthy eating plan. But you find that certain cultures have it as a staple. So they're used to this. It's ingrained. That's how they, you know, that that's their way of life, which mm-hmm. is why it benefits them. You find people who jump on the bandwagon. Later to, in life and it doesn't work. Later in life, it doesn't work as much. And seeing the, the whole, you know, turmeric, you know, curcumin, that sort of stuff, and people go... Ooh, these, you know, cure cancer, you know, this, you know, prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, all liver. And then you go, okay, hang on a second, well, 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 let's back this up. It's not the fact that, you know, they're taking these spices and everything. It's the fact that, say, okay, you've got someone who's a, an alcoholic, just for example, someone's an alcoholic. Okay, they're suffering liver damage. Okay, so I, you know, I've been doing this and I... You know, I haven't had a drink for six months. Okay, cause, effect. Cause, effect. So, and the other thing too, some people don't realize that when you consume alcohol, the process of getting rid of the alcohol and processing it and then, you know, excreting it, you're extracting vitamins and minerals out of your body to do that. So you're depleting... Your own body. Yeah. So it's, you know, a negative kind of knock-on effect. So just walking past and straight away now obviously this is just you know observation internal bias but there are you know there are people out there who will you know go past one of these little stands or they'll see it on the internet and they'll buy it and it will work for them good for you good for you you know good on you but i don't like how they sell it no as something that it cannot do i mean just the the key thing, like you said, when you say things, this cures cancer. Mm. Off Facebook, no. Congrats. Okay, it may have worked, but congratulations, you've just come across as a charlatan. You know. So. You worked in a cancer research lab. Yeah. Can you tell me? Did you ever shake turmeric? No, I never. I never cells? ever shook. You know, turmeric over mammalian cells. No, they never got my herb and spice mix. Exactly, I the didn't think so. The only thing that I have done is gone heavy with the curcumin, the turmeric, whatever spices are in the cupboard. Yeah, and then you fucked up my pasta bake. Yeah, I fucked up a pasta bake. Well, anyway. no, I didn't put the... All I did was put mixed herbs you in You didn't put this enough time. stringy cheese, and it tasted more like herbs than it did cheese. Yeah, so I'm going to whack it back to the original, the one I did last yeah. time. I um I started for everyone interested like uh, go have a look at Terry Crews mac and cheese. I've uh, you know I tell you what he does I, one thing around the house. I a do week, one thing. Yes. And we have to hear about it for. We do, and also I get a parade from this. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Can we move on? Sure. We have a quiz to do today. Quiz. Are you gonna love it? Awesome. Here we go. Bring your true potato snob. We'll get 8 out of 11 on this quiz. Yeah, because... Oh, and also, in case anyone was wondering... Sorry, I'm just loading it now. Um, in case anyone was wondering why I haven't updated any gaming, because Call of Duty has been only updating since Wednesday. 60 gig install. How's it going with the new modem? The modem is good. Uh, like, don't look at the modem. Get the I have quiz to look loaded. At it. How long to, is it taking? I don't know. It's not... Alright, I'm going to get started. It, it's not... This is funny when the internet does weird stuff. Okay, here we go. Do, do, do. I've got ready? a black screen. 
Yeah. Woo! Must be a Windows. Maybe you should switch off IP Vanish. Yeah. yeah. It'll speed it up for your computer. I yeah. think I've got a download in the background. Well, how about you switch that off? Windows. I can't switch. Well, I can, but, you know, it's, it's what I do. All right. Are we ready? Ready to rock and roll. Okay. Question number one. What is this potato dish called? Uh, it's a... Uh, so it looks like fluffy potatoes with, what is that? Yeah. Green shit on there. The parsley. No, potato, it's spring onion. No, yeah, spring that's onion. it. Potato Chies. mush. Chies. That's it. Mashed potatoes. Potato smash. Smashed potatoes. Sma oh, see, here's the thing. Mashed potatoes and smashed potatoes are kind of the same thing. Incorrect. But the the smashed potatoes are when like you're using a fork. No. Sort of, or, no. You know how like you fluff them, like yeah. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Just answer the question. Yeah. What is that? Mashed potatoes. Perfect. Maybe you could stop smashing your computer into the table. Yes. Ooh. Okay. What kind of potato dish is this? And for everyone playing along at home, it looks like one of them cylinders of potatoes that you chuck in the oven. Is it a potato nugget? A patatas bravas? A tater tot? Or a tater tats? I think in this case they're calling them tater tots. Yep. Yep. Tater tots. Are you going to read a question? Yes. Uh, what kind of potato dish is this? Describe it, looks... it first. Okay. It's, you know, the shredded fluffy potato that's been, you know, fried in a saucepan, you know. So we can either have hash browns, hush puppies, skillet potatoes, potato shreds. Hashy. Hashies. What kind of potato dish is this? And it looks like um, a potato cake, but shredded. Mm. Is it a potato smash, latkes, Dutch's potatoes, or pommes? I'm pretty sure it's latkes. Latkes. Mm. Doesn't look like a pom. I'm going to go oh, damn it yeah go Larkus yep that is correct uh, what kind of potato is this uh, essentially think of like a hedgehog but it's just like potato that's like sliced and then baked so uh, we have sliced back potatoes potato nubbins fingerling potatoes Hasselback potatoes. What do you reckon? I think they're Hasselback. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are too. Yeah, Hasselback potatoes. What kind of potato dish is this? Um, and it's a bake tray. Um, and it's got what looks like cream in there, potatoes on top. So uh, by looking at it, you kind of know what it is. But it's either Lyonnaise potatoes, potatoes au gratin. Dutch's potatoes or pom souffle. Um, pretty sure it's the gratin. Yeah, it's a gratin. I would call it uh, scalloped potatoes. Yeah. But whatever. Yep. Oof! I know this one. Woo! What kind of potato dish is this? They <laughs> look like little fluffy, you know, capitals, but it's pasta. With pasta. We have gnocchi. 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 We have patatas bravas, also known as the brave potato. Um, potato tata or potato nuggets? Gnocchi. 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 And then we have what kind of potato dish is this? We've got pom souffle, 
Dutch is potatoes. Potato swirls and swirlies. But you didn't even say what it was. It's like someone popped potato starch. Yeah, so I'm going for pommes or flares. But I think they're like... Dutch's potatoes. Yes! Yes! It was the Dutch's potatoes, yeah. Yes. What Dutch's... kind of potato dish is this? And it looks like um, a Mediterranean pot that you put in the oven and it's got like dice, not dice, but like cut up. Um, potatoes with the skin on, yeah. with what looks like tzatziki or something on there, yeah, and, and some um, herbs. herbs. So it can either be horchatas, uh, Leonese potatoes, vitolets, or tavas. I'm pretty sure it's Leonese. No, it's patatavas bravas. Oh, okay. I'll put that down. Yes. You can't cheat like that. Haha. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, we have to dock you one point at the end of this. So, then we have what kind of potato dish is this? Uh, Leonese potatoes, homemade potatoes. You didn't even describe what the potato it's, looks like. It looks like a pasta, like a potato a bake, a but sliced potatoes in a skillet or a pot, whatever you want to call it, and then they're baked. So, we either have Leonese potatoes, homemade potatoes, scallopinis, or rotatas. I'm going to go scal- Leonese, but you go rotatas. Are they scallopinis? Sculped potatoes. I'm going to go scallopinis. Eh, wrong. There we go. <laughs> Leonese. There we go. I'm even now. Um, and lastly, what kind of potato is this? It's purple. Is it a Laura potatoes? A poi poi. Vite le toi potatoes. Fingerling potatoes. I'm going to go fingerling. Fingerling. No. I was wrong. It was Vita la potatoes. So what number did you get? I got nine out of eleven. So you right. actually got eleven out of ele- eight out of eleven. <laughs> Congrats! You know your way around spuds. Good for you, honey bear. I got a. I'm a potato snob. Yeah, I'm a potato snob. Nine out of eleven. Yeah. I can't believe you fudged that data. Yep, did it. All right. Moving on to today's news topic. Um, I have three, four things I want to discuss today, just in quick passing. Apparently, a Queensland doctor uh, was jailed for $360,000 in fake Medicare claims, majority of which were from deceased patients. Holy shit. Um, so this guy, Tony Bakari, he's 50 years old. Uh, and he was found guilty of obtaining financial advantage by deception after a three-day trial in the district court in Melbourne. He lodged more than 4,000 false claims provided where he said he provided services to patients who had died or on dates when he wasn't even in the country. See, that's fudging data. Yep. Uh, he's going to be eligible for parole after serving 20 months. Shh, that's not... That's too lenient. That is way too lenient. The judge, Tony Moynihan, said that he took into account that Bakari had not expressed remorse, but that he had cooperated with authorities. (sighs) Far out. What about the people who are doing this and actually getting away with it? That's, That's pretty sick. What I want to know is how he got away with it for so long. Just didn't raise any flags. But it should, because your Medicare system is attached to... Maybe it was off. I don't know. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Someone's not paying attention. I I don't know. It's got me, you know. I don't know. So there's that. Um, How do you... That... 
And see, Medicare is one of those things that if they bust you, they fine you, you know. Should be a lot more than a fine. Should be a lot more than 20 months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something else. Um, so apparently, Alabama passed... I didn't know about this until it came up on Facebook. But apparently, um, in June of 2019, child molesters in Alabama, uh, a bill passed to be able to chemically castrate them. Yeah, that's uh, pretty intense. So it was signed into law, essentially. Um, so apparently, bef- one month before they, so they said that they're going to be released. Yeah. One month before they're released, they get chemically castrated. Jeez. And they make sure that they bill for the chemical castration instead of the state. Yep. No, they deserve it. I can think of worse punishments that people would dish out to them. I could you imagine like not that it's should be easy to be um, miss like charged unlawful like false imprisonment right? But imagine if there was a case of false imprisonment and someone's whole life was ruined because of that. Like I I know people are going to say adoption is possible, but I'm just saying. Yeah. But yeah, I I didn't know about that. Like obviously it's old news, but you know. Um, something that is kind of disturbing in terms of food. Can you stop typing? Sorry. Because it's going to record that. That's what they're going to hear. All the typing. Apparently, uh, two red roosters, one in Waypoint, the other in Forest Field in Perth, got shut down because people put a garbage bag in the boot of one of the red rooster courier hatchbacks and put cooked chickens in there. And if you have a look at the picture, there's no bag. The chickens are not in bags or anything like that. They're cooked straight off from the spit bar, straight into the boot and driven to another location. What? Have a look at the pictures I sent you. They're in the, in the um, link notes for you. And so apparently the day that this happened, it was 30 plus degrees and someone actually snapped photos of it happening and they reported it to 10 daily. So this person called Mark Copley who took the photos, he told 10 daily, the chooks were on the rotisserie skewers just being brought into the store. The boot was, sorry, the boot was lined with cardboard, but nothing else. The chickens were not wrapped or refrigerated. It sounds like a, a really... It sounds like something you do in GTA. So apparently, um, Red Rooster made a statement and they said, following concerning matters being brought to our attention through a social media post, Red Rooster has made the decision to temporarily close the two restaurants, Waypoint and Forest Field, located in Western Australia. These stores will remain closed while detailed investigations are conducted, required actions are taken, and we are satisfied that the operating standards of these locations meet high expectations of our strict brand standards. So apparently if you go to their door, um, it's got the red rooster letterhead. It's like a A4 piece of paper that's flipped to landscape. It's got the red rooster logo at the top. Um, that's just a JPEG drag over. And then underlined in bold it's and caps, it says, due to unforeseen circumstances, this restaurant is closed until further noticed. And then under that, in like one size smaller font, un, um, 
just bold, not underlined. We apologise for any inconvenience caused. I'm just still looking at the photo going. Apparently the city of Kalamundo is also looking into it because it's a breach of food safety. I, I'm just looking at it still. It just... Words like, like people, you need to see this photo. This... This so describe it. It's a boot like a red rooster courier car. It's a red. The boot is open, open. and there are fucking roast chickens, chickens in the just, boot. You can see like it's actual chicken, roast chicken, no bags, no like and ceiling. The chicken at the top, literally, if you look at it, it looks like it's got two eyes, and it's actually looking <laughs> at the camera, going, "Save me, save me!" It's... But these are cooked chooks, and the cardboard. It, Dave. I know, right? It's now. Here's the thing: if they're doing this, how many times have they done it? Yeah. And what else are they doing? Yeah. A hundred and ten percent. And if this guy hadn't taken a photo, you do realize this probably still would have been happening. Like it could have been a one-off where they're close together. Maybe the towns are really close, and so one person's oven was down, so they were transporting chicken. Um. Let me have a look if there's more information after this. Red Rooster, Perth. Like, I want to see if there's if they sussed out anything else. Well, it's oh, just... Apparently they reopened yesterday. Oh. I wonder who got fired. Um, so I'm reading from the West, which is the West Australian. And so, like, can you do me a favour? Can you estimate how many chickens you can see there? Well, quite easily. They've probably got about 15, 20 in the boot. Red Rooster Operational Auditors completed an assessment of all facilities to ensure they met our high standards. All potentially impacted product was removed and disposed of, and all equipment and facilities were thoroughly cleaned and sanitised. All crew members in the affected stores attended a food safety training retraining session. And the Red Rooster Chief Exec, Clint Alt, said, the crew members in both restaurants will be offered continuity of employment under new management. Oh. So it was the managers that were doing it. And our suppliers will recommence the delivery of fresh produce. Yeah. Wow. So what I think is my personal opinion, having worked in fast food chains yes it was mcdonald's but i think was that the two stores are close together i'll bring it up on maps and have a look but my theory is that one person's oven was down or they didn't have enough chickens so they like went to transport them to another store yeah but they did it very 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 dodgily like let's just google maps this sorry uh, i'm just i need to know you know i want to know how close these two stores are uh red rooster what was no is it waypoint that's it red rooster waypoint uh-huh. red rooster in waypoint come on come on You know what? Do I have to search Waypoint? This is annoying. Oh, I guess while I wait for this. Um, 
Oh, because apparently there's a waypoint here. Waypoint WA. Come on. Apparently it's like dead smack almost in the middle of WA. Oh, like not in the middle, but a little lower down, like the bottom third. It's dead smack in the middle of WA in terms of between the coast and the borders. So, come on, pal. I don't know why it's just not letting me find them. What was the other one called? Forest Field or something? What was the other store called? Forest Field. I can find Forest Field. Forest Field is right by their airport. Uh, Red Rooster. Soon. I don't know why this is taking me so long. I'm sorry. Waypoint. What's the second town called? Forest Field. Waypoint. Sorry. They're like... They're literally maybe 15 minutes drive away from each other. Yeah, so that's what they've done. That's, yeah. Um, they've tried to do their own courier service. Woo! Fantastic. Anyway, who's all? Last story of the day. Um, I read this actually this morning. This is news straight off the press. So, let me just paint a picture for you. You're a mum, right? You're part of a Facebook mum group. And there is a woman who posts on this group saying that, hi, um, I'm a photographer. Uh, don't look at, don't read the paper yet. Look at me. Yeah. Um, hi, uh, I'm a photographer. I want to update my portfolio. So I'm offering free baby photo sessions. Okay. All right. So you go, okay, I would like to have some photos of... Yep. my child professionally taken um, plus that it's also for free I'm going to contact this person well a woman did that she was drugged and the woman who was trying to take the photos tried to kidnap her baby wow that escalated quickly yeah so apparently this woman um, she has a lot of aliases she's registered in living in a lot of um, towns so there's the woman who actually has the baby that wanted the photos taken of her child. She called 911 and she said that she felt numb, drowsy, that she was unstable on her feet and that she was vomiting. And she said that she believed that she was drugged by this photographer person. Um, so they went to her houses. She took selfies with the victim's baby. Well, I guess the baby is also a victim here, I'd like to point out, but this is just the article. Uh, and she was wiping her fingerprints off everything as she was leaving. So she went like three visits. Jeez. And on her third visit, she offered the mother and her child um, cupcakes. And so the woman realised that like her keys had been stolen. Um, she felt sick. Yeah. So she called 911. And um, so, yeah. Just be careful, people. That's some uh, Just be messed careful. up shit right there. 
So the thing with photography is not to disrespect anyone who is a photographer, because I imagine to be a, a actual proper practice photography is a lot of hard work, right? It takes a lot of time. But the thing with photography is, unless I'm misinformed, there isn't like a certificate of completion no. where you can say to someone, this is my license, this is my permit to take photos of you. No. You know Nothing. what I mean? And unless you go into a studio, be very careful. And also be very careful of the studios because, uh, not to fearmonger people, but there are some sickos that work or pay off. Yeah. Um, even the actual studios and the places in shopping centres to get access to baby photos, if you know what I mean. Yeah, which is just fucking wrong. Yeah. And also there's a scam. You know the ones that are the baby photos that are in shopping centres? They're a scam as well. So they say, oh, it's a free photo shoot. But what they don't tell you is if you want to get the pictures printed after the hour of getting a child's photos taken um, and getting them naked right there in the middle of the shopping centre, you have to pay. Yep. And how many people would you say we've walked past having that conversation? Lots. Lots. So, yeah. Just be careful, people. Yeah, beware. Alrighty. Anything else you want to add before I jump into today? Nope, that's clear. Alright. Are you done scratching <laughs> Okay, so today we are talking about something you wanted me to cover for a while, and that is Project Stargate. Stargate. I'm not talking about the TV series. Mm, not Atlantis. You like Atlantis? Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, it's okay, but the original Stargate's the best. The movie. With Kurt Russell, yeah, it was it wasn't too bad. I, I enjoyed the original. Apparently, they're remaking it. Really, I heard that for Netflix. Ugh. So this week's episode has a little bit of everything I love. There's a bit of underlying psychology. There's some elements of the paranormal and dumb governments wasting millions upon millions of dollars. So to set the scene, once you're done organizing yourself the government uh governments particularly the u.s u.r.s i almost said what the u.s believed up until recently or so they say in psychic abilities they wanted to harness psychic abilities especially because intelligence at the time specifically about the russians during the cold war era um suggested that the russians felt the same russians so apparently, between 1969 and 1971, the CIA was concerned that the Soviet Union was training its citizens with psychic powers in the area of intelligence collection. Ooh, they're trying to do, you know, a spin-off of Wolfenstein. Well, technically, the Wolfenstein would have been a spin-off of this because Cold War happened before Wolfenstein, but that's a different story. True. So, apparently in 1970, the Soviets' uh, psychic powers research by the Drudget was 60 million rubles, which, if you convert that into Australian dollars in 1970, was $1.4 million. If I inflated that to today's money, Australian money, right, it would be $16.5 million. That's a decent amount. I think there's decent and then there's whatever the hell that is. 
And then five years later, in 1975, they boosted their budget from 60 million rubles to 300 million rubles, right? So 300 million rubles, if you had just converted that in 1975 to an Australian dollar, was just a little over $7 million. But if you inflate it to today's dollar, that's a little over $54.3 million. What would you do with $54 million, first of all? Eat a lot of rubles. Lots and lots of rubles. No forethought. Nothing. Well, I would buy a cookie. <laughs> I'll buy a cookie shop. Yeah, and I'd have to actually make the cookies. No, you pay people to make the cookies for you. Yes, just for me. Um, so, this gets back to the CIA. And <laughs> they become very obviously alarmed. And they start to think that the Russians must have come up with something to justify such a large expenditure. Which, I mean, I don't blame them, but okay. So the CIA decide that they need to start putting their own citizens' money into funding this research for America because it was, you know, so obviously worth investigating and it's one way for them to protect their nation. And can I just say, in my head, I just imagine someone from the USSR who knows that they're being listened to by the Americans just reporting the weirdest shit over the wire, you know, just to throw the Americans off their tracks. And in my head, I'm like... And maybe it wasn't even real at all. Just like they're trying to get the Americans back and the British back for, you know, eat carrots. You yep. can see in the dark. Yeah. Because they didn't want people to realise that they had um, put so much money in research and development into radar systems. So they were saying, oh, we can see planes in the dark because we eat carrots. Yeah. And so all the enemy were like, let's fucking start eating carrots, <laughs> upgrading our production of carrots. I think, personally, it was a... Imagine if that was the case. Uh, the Russians were like, fuck these kids for a joke. Let's just fuck around with them. I started building igloos. So, apparently, you know, the, the in 1972, the US analysts from the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, they re- issued a report warning that the Soviet PSI research, PSI, um, might eventually permit the adversaries to learn contents of secret documents to divine the movements of troops and ships, to discern the location and purpose of of military installations, or even mould the thoughts of American leaders, uh, or presumably the reputed powers of psychokinesis, which is um, mind over matter, to possibly cause the instant death of any U.S. official at a distance or to remotely disable U.S. military equipment of all types, including spacecraft. Yeah, that's one way of getting post delivered. Whoops! From a distance. But imagine going into, you know, you know, a coffee shop and accidentally, you know, and suddenly the fridge explodes out the back. Whoops! Sorry, my bad. You know there's actually a skit where that has happened. I can't remember if it was in Japan or somewhere else, but it was for a show. And they pretended like the the actress pretended like so she was in a cafe or a restaurant and she pretended like she had like overloaded these powers and so they had rigged tables to fly, chairs to fuck up. 
um, the lights to go. They started making her fucking climb up the wall. It was really creepy. Like, it's creepy if you don't oh, know. Oh, that's the one where she's at the back and then she and just she slides back and she starts levitating up the wall. Yeah, yeah. that skit in And people are, like losing their minds. Yeah, and other, like, well, if that was, if that happened to me, even if it was at that point in time I hadn't processed it as being fake, I'm telling you right now, they would need to mop up the floor yeah. underneath whatever chair I was sitting on. Yeah, it'd be game over. <laughs> I would lose executive functioning of, of, you know, of my gastrointestinal system. Oh, yeah. But that's a different story. So apparently in 1972... The CIA decided they were going to give an initial study grant of $50,000. Can we talk about how much money, how much research could get done with a small grant of $50,000? Yeah. That would fund my PhD. Yeah, it would. So they get, decided, yes, let's give $50,000 to a California think tank, formerly known as the Stanford Research Institute, or SRI. So their job was to determine whether there was actually any validity um, of this alleged extrasensory, extrasensory perception or ESP, um, which they decided to term remote viewing. If you have things to say, please say no, them, because no, no. otherwise I'm just going to... So the CIA decide, hey, you know, let's start up multiple programs start studying remote viewing see if we can find any of our citizens with psychic abilities where they're able to perceive something that a normal quote-unquote normal person cannot um, whether it be because it's obscured from view very far away or it happened at another point in time um, so in other words they're trying to understand something using only their minds without the use of sight, hearing, touch, taste, smell, um, and in the absence of being given any information via person or device or the simple use of logic. Yeah. So, according to declassified documents from the CIA, and may I point out that there are literally over 14,000 documents. We're talking hundreds of pages, thousands upon thousands of pages. I obviously didn't have a chance to read them all. Um, but it's a trip. We're going to talk about some towards the end. Um, but they believed that every person possesses this psychic power to some ability. However, some have it more developed than others, and it may be because um, it's a means of self-preservation, and it was thought that the talent is generally underdeveloped in the general population, but if it could be strengthened, it could be utilised successfully with correct training techniques. Yeah. So, they say that the use of remote viewing by the US government had given three benefits. It was a talent that required little action on behalf of the viewer. It had minimal associated costs, which I find very... Um, we just said that they spent millions upon millions of dollars for bullshit, but that's a different story. Uh, they said it was minimal costs. And as far as the CIA knew... Uh, training someone to be a remote viewer could not be prevented or defended against. But you just told me that the Soviets you were worried about were influencing you. Yeah. So maybe the Soviets did develop mind control and made the Americans waste money in remote viewing. Boom! Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, 
look, it gets crazy. It as we go to follow me through the rabbit hole because I'm telling you, it's gonna go nuts. So Stanford say, you know, um, we think that even though it's in its infancy, we can get some shit a stirring, if you will. So they did call they start to call this program Scanate. Don't ask me why. So they decided, let's just start with a couple of seemingly psychic gifted individuals, one of which was Ingo Swan, who was um, a New York artist and also a Scientologist. Oh, Julie. And one thing that I found out, I was very shocked uh, to find out, is that apparently a lot of the people that they wanted to train as psychics were Scientologists. There you go. Susceptible Mm -hmm. to uh, mind control. I believe in bullshit, but... I'm not going to talk about that. To participate in the program, all trainees were required to have a 65% psychic accuracy rate. And I would like to point out that if I went to my boss in my place of work and said, Soz boss, um, my exper- I only have a 65% accuracy rating of making sure my work gets done. She would say to me, pack your shit very nicely. And be gone. Pack your shit, there's the door. Yeah. 65%. That's that's not that great. That's a C. Yeah, that is a C. C's make degrees. Yep. So all these participants uh, said that they surpassed this 65% minimum threshold over the course of their training. Um, I also found out that in the... As I read through the declassified documents, um, they not only referred to it as extrasensory perception or ESP but also ESPA um, and from what I can tell what I deciphered um, they actually put people in deprivation tanks yeah so they would give them their cue because they have to ask you know a specific thing and then they would put them like in daredevil they put them in a tank of sensory deprivation tank and let them fucking Triple. Astral project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some serious ball tripping. To focus, in quotation marks. Oh, they were focusing, all right. Oh. So, to those, to those, to those in charge at the SRI and the CIA, things start to look quite promising. Um, but as crazy as trying to get information on Russian or other targets with psychics may seem... The CIA has done other very odd and questionable things as well. <coughs> okay, I'll try. <coughs> so, yeah, I guess it, it, we're shit. And I don't know how much shit is real regarding MKUltra because I haven't researched it that much. But if what I hear is real where they actually essentially kidnap people against their will and threaten to kill them, if that, do you think that's real? About the MKUltra bullshit? I don't know. But if indeed that is real, that really creeps me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So this one woman, her name is Nina Kulagina. <laughs> she was part of the USSR and she was in a tank regiment during World War II, which good for you. Not many women will be able to say that they were, you know, in at the time what would have been a very male-dominated field. So good for you, uh, Nina Kulagina. 
So she was allegedly studied by the Soviet scientists after she allegedly was able to move objects with her mind. This is sounding very Magneto, isn't it, to you? Uh-huh. So the reports came out of a 1970s lab experiment saying that she manipulated a frog with her mind and she was able to stop its heart beating. But on the other hand, you have a lot of people who also accused her of fraud. Allegedly, someone recorded footage of her completing these tasks. Um, and when they review the footage, her powers of manipulation were merely just tricks. I was not able to find this footage uh, to be able to tell you how indeed the tricks were so easily spotted. But if you can find that information for me, please let me know because as you can tell, uh, I'm quite invested. Yeah. So I also found out that during the Vietnam War, some troops took witching rods to attempt to try to divine the locations of Viet Cong tunnels. Um, do you know what witching rods are? They're the ones where you try and find water. And, and you go, woo, yeah. and if they cross for weird shit, they're pointing in a direction together. Yeah. Which, from my understanding, they use them also in um, paranormal investigations. Yeah. But from my understanding, they're very... Touch and go. Very. If you get what I mean by touch and go, like yeah. they're very, it's very influential. Yeah. Um, study, if you will. But what do you do? Like, I'm not gonna say it doesn't freak me. Like, um, remember how we used to watch paranormal that paranormal investigations official on YouTube, and we watch like they have 40 minute episodes that go up at least once a week. Yeah. And like the weird coincidences that point up. For example, um, the guy Colin, he was using them to see which grave the spirit was belonged like where his body was resting or her body was resting and so it crossed and then he's like um and they also had a um a spirit box you know the audio thing which in itself is quite (laughs) questionable because it also grabs audio footage whether it be from radios or walkie-talkies and other radios and stuff but at the same time the walkie-talkie said cross, yeah. and then he was wearing earrings of cross, like because um, he's got his ears pierced and he had uh, earrings, but the earring was a cross, yeah. like a, a Jesus cross, and yeah. it was upside down because yeah. he had worn it and he'd slipped upside down. And so people who were watching it were like, "Fuck, is the person upset because your cross on your earring is upside down and they think you're the Antichrist or some shit?" But anyway, yeah. So I'm just saying, divining rods. Yeah. Just, I don't know why. But you signed up for Detours when you subscribed to this podcast. Yes. Detours are fun. Um, Always stop the snakes. So, apparently they pulled out these divining rods because the mission was a priority, troop morale was low, and the military decided, let's integrate this very unusual technique. Um, if you're going to ask me, did it work? <laughs> I think history will tell you. That no, they were not very successful at finding the tunnels. And some may suggest that is why they lost the battle, but not the war. Incursion. Because Americans are back-to-back World War champs. Back-to-back World War champs. And also, they weren't used to guerrilla tactics. When you think about it, what the Viet Cong did was brilliant. The way they actually... Look, I'm saying millions of people dying was justifiable. No. That's not what we're saying. No, no, no. We're not pro-war. Oh, no, but 
what I'm saying is the way they defended their villages and everything was on another level. Was on the, another level. No one was ready. So this Nobody isn't this ready. isn't America. This isn't like this isn't Vietnam. This isn't that. All I'm saying is the, the establishment the of Vietnamese people techniques. protecting their villages. What they did was you know really ingenious. You know the just the war the, tactics. The trap, like the traps, the mm. tricks, the tunnels. It's a lot of you know real mind games so you know but here's the thing like we're not obviously we're not talking about you know Vietnam but you look at um, well the Vietnamese people what they did during Vietnam you had people who were targeted people who were civilians people and who the were, bad people quote unquote lived with the good people who yeah, ended up losing their lives exactly but you look at it what say for instance flip it imagine if america and the vietnamese people were on the same side and there was some other you know invading force with those kind of tactics you know it's it was something like you said that hadn't been seen before exactly so in a way it's always good to get all the facts and then see a bigger picture instead of just yeah but yeah. what i'm saying is a divining rod darling isn't going to help you find the tunnel no but imagine the if they had psychic soldiers who could go yep i know where they all are you know Ooh. someone somewhere would have had to have a map gps in the 70s yeah wow seagulls so um, the CIA decided uh, that they were going to reach out to a television personality called Yuri Geller because he had become famous by allegedly bending spoons with his mind. Neo. <coughs> Neo. The Matrix. <coughs> so the CIA say, let's get this dude and let's test his abilities. Yeah, dude. So they placed him in a room shielded from sight, sound, or electricity. They I don't understand how these two things are linked. Like, how do you go from I'm mind-bending a spoon to I want to pick a random word from the dictionary, I'm going to illustrate its meaning, um, and then tape it to a wall that's not in his room and see if he can figure it out. Ghostbusters. So, for example, say that they asked him to know the word fuse. Um... The experimenter drew a firecracker, and then he sketched a drum, but he described it as a cylinder object that made a sound. So, yeah, firecracker makes a sound. It's in a container. Wow. Not an explosion? <sighs> makes a sound. Okay. So then they used the word bunch. They presented him with a picture of 24 drawn grapes and uh, he drew 24 of them. Oh, sorry, the, the picture in the other room was 24 drawn grapes. The yep. word was bunch. And he drew 24 grapes in the bunch, specifically 24 numbers. So the picture that, that he didn't see was 24 grapes. They told him the word is bunch. Yeah. Figure it out. So he drew 24 grapes in a bunch, specifically the number 24. Jeez. However, when they um, pretty much tried to get him to draw a picture of a rabbit, he was unable to replicate anything similar. And obviously this wouldn't be his only failure, 
but it didn't stop the researchers in the initial experiments being convinced of his gift. Um, as TikTok time, as time TikToked, they later labelled him as a fraud. Um, apparently, as time went on, projects came and went, and it was supposedly effective when it was applied to sensitive matters of government security, such as the proposed 1977 Gondola Wish Program that was thought up by the Army Assistant Chief of Staff for Intelligence. And the given purpose of this program was to train personally, uh, to, to train someone to collect sensitive intelligence using their psychic abilities to determine potential threats, weaknesses, and methods for defense. And so it became operational in 1978, and this is where the project was called Grill Frame, Flame. Sorry, my dyslexia today. So it's Project Grill Flame. They operated out of Fort Meade, Maryland, in some shacks on base. Yeah. So under the orders of Major General Edmund Thompson, um, from what I can tell, he actually genuinely believed in the power of these people, in the project, and in the prospect of undertaking remote viewing. He was simply sold by the idea of this. Um, I went through and I found a quote where he said, I never like to get into debates with skeptics because if you don't believe the remote viewing was real, you hadn't done your homework. All the homework. So at this time, the project was overseen by Lieutenant Frederick Holmes Atwater and he was a self-reported psychic headhunter. Uh, until like 1987. <laughs> And uh, I, know. I know where this is going, but I'm not saying anything. <laughs> and so he was there with the understanding that it would be um, an inexpensive and passive undertaking. The Major General Albert Stubblebine Stub III, um, he also had support from him and he gained full control of the project and he also very openly believed in the promise of remote viewing and what it could do for the CIA and more specifically America's intelligence. And because of this Major General Albert Stubblebine III is the reason why it's believed that this project survived and was operational for as long as it was. So the army begins to wisen up and <laughs> the CIA were very heavily implying that the project Flame Grill was both the army and CIA joint finance effort apparently they called that because it looked like a campsite <laughs> where they lived where they ran these projects uh, but... so um, this is where you know the CIA starts saying no 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 army you can't pull out you can't leave us here we're, we're jointly pursuing this venture of studying novel intelligence collection techniques because this is going to help us identify capabilities and vulnerabilities that are associated with, um, you know, paranormal phenomena and it's going to have an impact on our military personnel and applications for us in the future. Um, and you can read all of that in declassified documents. 
So, as I said, they left out of Fort Meade in uh, makeshift wooden barracks, specifically buildings 2560 and 2561. Apparently, they also tried to use the remote viewers or psychics. Uh, they tried to use them to locate um, United States prisoners of war in Vietnam. Um, in, Viet in Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia, but there were varying degrees of success. Um, one in one of the more promising sessions, um, it happened in September of 1979, where a Channel Security Council asked for information about a, a naval Soviet base, and so the remote viewers were given a sealed envelope containing a photograph of the base, and so one psychic said. Um, he was able to mentally access images of the building and it was connected to the shoreline and it smelt of industrial products. He described seeing a coffin-like weapon within the building and that it had shucked-like fins. So surprisingly, a few months after the experiment, satellite imagery um, confirmed that the USSR had indeed built a ballistic missile submarine at the base of the Akula, um, which... Um, at the time translated from Russian meant shark. Um, and something else I didn't know is, did you ever watch the movie Men Who Stare at Goats? Yes. I, know, I never watched it. It is hilarious. It's got Ewan McGregor and... Um, Jim Clooney. Did you... Did, yeah. Yeah, George Clooney. George Clooney. It, it is hilarious. Um, the bit that got me the most is essentially, there's a part where they're... You know, so they're in a room and he's staring at a goat. And he's just like, you know, just literally sitting there, hands on his knees, staring at this goat. And then the goat just falls over and everyone loses their minds. Um, but the, the goat died of natural causes. Just uh, yeah, collapses. But the bit that's really, really funny is essentially they were treating, they were, they wanted, um, to create operatives that could, you know, use stealth and phasing and everything. And essentially... Want to make super soldiers. Super soldiers. And there's this one bit where the guy, he's like priming himself up and he runs straight into the wall. It's like, I'm not giving any spoilers. You have to watch it. It's funny. But this guy just runs straight into the wall and knocks himself out. It's, that was based on Project Flame Grill. Yeah. But it's just hilarious to the extent at which they go but yeah hilarious hilarious movie so apparently they also asked their psychics to attempt to locate the libyan dictator Muammar gaddafi and uh manuel norigra the uh military director of dictator sorry of panama however we know that gaddafi was found in 2011 so there was no involvement with this remote viewing psychic bullshit um, but Noriga, he avoided capture by Project Flame Grill for three years. And he was um, discovered after being granted sanctuary at the Holy Sea's embassy in Panama. Um, so, obviously, there's no scientific rigor or scientific support <laughs> to back up this remote viewing I bullshit. Why. I wonder why. Um, and one thing that... I found out and was kind of shocked by is they never told them, the psychics, whether they had any degree of success or not. Um, so they pretty much came to them with the cue. Yeah. They spat whatever bullshit they spat. The people left the room and they never knew what came out of it. Yeah. 
Um, so they say being the directors in charge said that they did it to keep up morale. Uh, to me, it would have a reverse effect. Because yeah. you'd think if you were making hits, they would come to you and you'd be getting more jobs. And um, they'd be like, good work, it's working, Yeah. blah, blah, blah. So to me, if someone's not knocking on your door, if you're not getting more people coming to ask you, you know something's amiss here. Absolutely. But that's my own personal um, take on that matter. So time goes by and there's this journalist. His name is Jack Anderson. And it's very widely believed that the army were trying to pull out of this, right? So the theory is, and I have no evidence to back this up, but what I read was the theory is that this Jack Anderson was got some information through an army whistleblower um, about these CIA-endorsed psychic experiments, and he wrote about them in April of 1984. If someone can please direct me to the article he wrote, that would be fantastic, because I spent like five hours looking for it, um, and I couldn't find it, and that's not an exaggeration. I found his obituary, and not his obituary, something else. I found like stuff about his life, but um, was it an obituary? I can't even remember anymore. But I couldn't find this article. They made a reference to this article, but no one ever showed, like nothing showed the article. So, um, in also in 1984, the National Academy of Science, um, Nash, um, the National Research Council decided to give their opinion, and they did not have very nice things to say. Mm. So the army's funding was cut. And that did not stop the experiments being transferred somewhere else. So they renamed them, codenamed them, I should say, uh, Project Stargate. So Stargate needing money for <clears throat> research. The US government decides to give them $20 million back then in 1980-something. Uh, they funded 40 personnel. 23 of which were the remote viewers or the psychics. Um, so there's this physicist called Harold Puthoff and um, this other guy called Russell Targ who's also um, from the Stanford Research Institute. And they tried to work very hard in making sure that this remote viewing was differentiated from clairvoyance because clairvoyance at the time was seen as a very illegitimate skill. Yeah. So they used resources from the Institute of Noetic Science and Para and the Parapsychology Foundation. And their paranormal investigations often focused on test subjects who were perceived to be possessing an innate talent for remote viewing. So as the CIA became interested in their work, their operation expanded to government official facilities um, and then it was carried out in con uh, collaboration with the intelligence agency. So, um, there was this one woman, her name's Rosemary Smith, um, she became a secretary, um, and she took part in the project that was at this point, um, run within Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, so she was one of these people. Uh, so she and two other psychics works at, worked, who had worked at, uh, Fort Meade for years, they were consulted by different agencies on a need-for-need need basis. So one day someone, whether they be from the Navy, would walk in the door and say, look, I 
need you to find to access me some information about this or the next day the air force would come in and say look i need what can you provide me for this um so apparently they had a lot of uh what they called eight martini successes so um what the idea was for every success that they had they downed eight martinis to celebrate I don't understand, but okay. Um, so apparently, I don't know if it was Rosemary, but apparently someone was able to narrow down that a Soviet bomber had crashed in the African jungle and they only missed the coordinates by a few miles. It's not too bad. Um, because apparently satellite images in the CIA had failed to locate the bomber, so they went to, I'm pretty sure it was Rosemary, and they said, yo... Tell us where this thing is, this yeah. bomber is. And she was out by a few miles. I don't know if it was like north, south, east or west. Um, on Because you know how that depends, it affects your longitude and stuff. Yeah, um, longitude I, and latitude. Yeah, I don't know which one it was that she was off by, but there you go. Apparently she drew maps and she pinpointed where this aircraft was. Apparently there was this other person that predicted a Soviet submarine with 20 missile launch tubes would be sent in 100 days. Um, uh, and then one one Soviet submarine that matched this description was found 120 days later. Interesting. Uh, so then when asked about some Libyan chemicals, one psychic thought that a ship called either Patua or Portua would go from Tripoli to Libya with those Libyan chemicals in their cargo. However, a ship called Batado did sail that route. However, um, what it was carrying was never determined. Yeah. So if indeed it was right, like the name of the ship was wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so the psychics also helped to determine, tried to help determine um, underground structures and tunnels in Iraq. There are also rumours that they hinted at the location of Saddam Hussein. However, this has never been uh, verified. Um, so even if you see these things as successes, for example, Rosemary saying she's found the Soviet bom- bomber in the middle of the African jungle, right? Yeah. There are fuck ton of stuff ups too but they only report good things like imagine if you're gonna spew out a thousand shit things you're gonna spew out some good shit too that just happens statistically like 0.05 big time right and you don't know how much information they were feeding their remote viewers in the interim you have no idea so there's one psych again they don't mention which one but one psychic in 1974 he was asked to describe a soviet airfield he got minor details correct but several key details wrong um and then so as flame grill transitioned into stargate they tried to delve into more psychoenergetic kind of research and this is where they try to seek to affect or communicate with a person animal or an object placed remotely so for example me living here in australia trying to access a gate in the u.s trying to open it yeah with the power of my mind i wonder if they had someone called colonel jack o'neill i don't know that reference stargate 
I haven't watched that except for that movie with the pyramids that you asked me to watch a couple years ago. Um, apparently, a lot of the documents have been tampered with as well, whether they be like also the um, declassified stuff. Yeah. So, to me, that personally renders them untrustworthy. But you're gonna do what you're gonna do, right? So we already said that they never really told people the failed results. Um, but as shit starts going downhill, they start having these failed results and people on base were also, like the actual people going out there who either had to action their bullshit, um, carry out missions based on their bullshit, started to alienate them. And Subblebine decides, you know what, let's take this up a gear. Um, he's fallen into this, there's no pulling him back. He's just on another level. He becomes more and more fascinated. He starts thinking that there are even more rare and even more likely um, possibilities of this pseudoscience. Um, so, you know, you do what you got to do when you have an office full of psychics, right? So he decided that he wanted to host a spoon-bending party for all the officers at the Fort Mead base, apparently at one point <laughs> in time. Where alleged telekinetic and psychoenergeticists would bend a silverware into other shapes. And this the whole time he's gunning that this superpower can be, you know, applied to destroy enemy machinery, you know, tanks, submarines, helicopters, aircraft, weaponry. Um, so imagine that, like, it's like they're a, a showcase. Yep. Someone brings a spork. Damn it. But I don't understand, like... Mind bending a fork bending is completely different to having a psychic experience about someone in Libya. Yeah, but they're see, two different. But you see, you got one that's passive and you got one that's aggressive. You can get ones for espionage and detail collecting. Then you got the other one who can go out. No, I know. Crush and destroy. No, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. They're saying that these psychics can do all of those things. Yeah. Within th- which, in theory. If you were blessed with this talent, you can't... Me reading your thoughts, having mind control over you, is completely different power to me being able to crush a helicopter out of the sky. Yeah. And as you, if you're listening, I'm not in any way, shape or form insinuating that that's what I'm doing. I'm just merely trying to say to you, they're completely different. On the spectrum of behaviour and on the spectrum of psychic abilities, they're different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bending a fork or bending any object is completely different to saying that I can mind control someone yeah. on the other side of the planet. Exactly. That's, you know. It's like saying that you can eat you can eat soup with a fork. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Right? You can't. It, it doesn't have. It's not the same use. No. You can try, but it's the two different powers. But anyway. So apparently they also asked these psychics to try to locate plutonium in North Korea in 1994. Um, And a statistician found that the psychics who were working for the government had given correct information only 15% of the time, meaning that 85% of their details were wrong, meaning that their 65% success threshold rating was bullshit. All bullshit. 
So a psychologist then was asked to evaluate the findings and they had little favourable things to say. So the American Institute for Research recommended the termination of the program in November of 95. So the CIA decided that they would release a report and conclude that no applicable use had been found from these practices for intelligence operations. And in their press release, they also stated that the data provided by the program was inconclusive and more often than not was vague or irrelevant. And this whole thing would obviously raise so many concerns about leadership, whether it be the project um, or just how they were funded for so long. People questioned how they were able to get away with tampering the results so that the project could continue. Because you can imagine when you work with a government agency, for example, the CIA or especially the army, there is a lot of checks and balances. For example, if I was enlisted and they gave me a handgun with exactly 15 bullets and then I returned with 14 bullets, they would ask me Where's for this? my checks and balances yeah. about where I discharged that 15th bullet. Yep. Because everything has to be recorded. Yep. And, and people don't realise that. Um, so how this got away the money and no one doing the good bookkeeping, for lack of a better term, is very, very questionable. Very, very questionable. Um, so, when the Freedom of Information Act was kind of put out there, um, most of it was pertaining to, obviously, this Project Stargate, and therefore they released this information. Well, the CIA, I should say. So, you can access all of these documents if you feel so inclined um it's also theorized the u.s may not be done with research and development in terms of extrasensory perception activities um in 2014 a naval research um, launch group got 3.85 million bucks to explore intuition uh, which was inspired by a number of incidents because apparently in 2006 there was this staff sergeant Martin Richberg um, and he used his intuition to stop an improvised explosive device. Uh, there was a programmer, um, program manager um, called Joseph Cohn um, and he in a New York Times article said that he possessed, well, they said that he possessed like a sixth sense or a spidey sense that altered, uh, that alerted them to an impending attack or IED that would allow them to respond to a novel situation without um, consciously analysing the situation. So I get, like, you're trying to train people to think quickly off the mark, like, A happens, I have to react with B. That makes sense. You yep. know what I mean? That makes a lot more sense than me trying to fucking make a gate open in the US yeah. from where I'm sitting. So uh, I get that. and But I don't know. So other evaluators who were two psychologists from the um, AIR assessed potential intelligence gathering usefulness of remote viewing and they concluded that the alleged psychic intelligence um, 
was of dubious value and they lacked the concreteness and reliability necessary for it to be used as a basis for making decisions and taking action. And in their final report, they wrote that there was reason to suspect that in some well-publicised cases of dramatic hits, the remote viewers might have had substantially more background information than might otherwise have been apparent. So, for example, they were fed information, whether consciously or subconsciously, if someone had said something in passing, um, they would have used that to yeah. uh, help their people find things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so in reality, they fed the viewers information, so they didn't actually know what was going on at all. Um, they just were told one thing, so they, they were in an intermediate party. So, like, for example, they had no idea about the uh, missile in the naval shed. They were yeah. fed that by the boss, who then said, look, you know, these guys are going to ask, this is what you're going to say. And you can imagine that that would happen if you're all clenched down and buckled down because your project's going to be swept up from underneath you. Yeah. So that, to me, makes sense. Um, so I also came across an article written by Andrew Griffin in 2017 for The Independent and that he reported in one of the pages that were released, it lays out why the government wanted to use it and the benefits included that it was passive and inexpensive, which we already talked about, and that there was no known defence. And it also went on to say that the organisation was looking to harness these powers to spy on people, um, to make changes to important um, objects, and that if it could be done, it would, you know, the operatives would be far away, so they wouldn't actually be in danger um, of being identified or things like that, so they wouldn't become targets. And then the, that document also defines a lot of terms such as psychoenergetics, which is a mental process where a person can perceive, communicate, or change characteristics of something or someone that that separate from the person that is separate from the person in space or time. Um, and they also like defined telekinesis, and so all this stuff suggests that those in charge of the project, you know. They thought that they did have some success, but they also noted the limits and they said that the remote viewers should only be used to collect information in conjunction with other sources um, and the information gained through remote viewing should not stand alone. Yep. So that doesn't sound believable, but what are you going to do? If you're interested, there is a Project Stargate subreddit and it lists and links all 12,240 documents that so were released. Just, you know, just some light reading. I managed to get through, I think, 20 of them. I have some um, stuff if you want me to go through it. Hold on. Let me just zoom in because I took screenshots of some of the weird shit. So here's some interesting things that I found from the declassified documents that I managed to get through, right? So in the first document, LaBerge says that it's to be used as an R&D, R&D being research and development program rather than an intelligence program and that they thought that they should see whether or not things do exist to the degree short of taking it out of the intelligence area and LTGT said one of the problems is keeping track of the Russians so they were fucking creeped out by the Russians um, and then that Dr. LaBerge also said, I would believe that most of us would be on the sceptical side that there is not going to be support to do more. Yeah. 
So they're quite clear that, you know. So I also found the original intelligence that the CIA intercepted from the Russians. Allegedly, this is it. So apparently there was this guy. Um, his name was... Uh, shit, what are we talking about? I can't even remember the names because they're like Russian and it... But basically the idea is there was this guy and late, late night on a snowy night, he rocks up to this inventor's house. And this inventor has a wife. And so the inventor, you know, the guy's like, um, what did he say? That uh, the inventor said that he saw some understandable force that was emanating from the guy that walked into his house, right? And he discovered in himself, this guy had discovered in himself the capacity to be a healer. So he would put his hands on somebody and he would be able to heal them. So the inventor connected this guy up to a tank circuit. He placed his finger under a microscope. And the guy said, "From this is the inventor, from the pores and channels of his skin, protuberances were fiercely billowing. Whole schools of amoebae were creeping from place to place, first merging together into one blazing bonfire and then splitting into pieces. Then, uh, then the the person whose finger they were looking at, the healer, takes his finger out, looks at it, doesn't see anything, shoves his finger back under the microscope, but the picture had changed radically. Now orange, violet, blue stars were scintillating. And the inventor goes, you're upset. This has changed the electrical state of your organism. And the skin is a kind of mirror that reflects the internal bioelectric processes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but wait, there's more. So there was this mechanic, and he was working in the Krasnodar Hospital. And one evening, after servicing a high-frequency current generator, he noticed that the discharge between his palm and the generator electrode was not at all the same as between his forearm and the same device. Could this be accidental? It would be well to register this strange phenomenon, for example, photograph, but how? Under bright illumination, the discharges would simply become invisible. It was then that the inventor decided to do without a camera. On the table lay an insulator, a blank sheet. So they've retracted something there, but you don't know what. And on it, there was an electrode consisting of a metal plate. A glass photographic plate lay on the electrode. Having stepped onto a rubber sheet and thereby insulating himself from the, shore, the floor, he connected a second electrode to the back of his hand, the biological object, and pressed his palm against the photo emulsion. In case of an emergency, the inventor called a medical student and then threw the switch and connected himself to the high-frequency circuit. It sounds like something out of, you know, a Stanley Kubrick movie. And then, is this the last one? I promise. It's a bit of a blurb, but... A study of the electrical characteristics of these points has been begun recently, but acupuncture therapy is an efficient healing method and has existed in China for several thousand years. In 1963, the Bulletin of the Academy of Medical Sciences of the Korean People's Democratic Republic published a paper on the Kenrak system. A scientific research team headed, to, headed by Professor Kim Bonhan discovered a previously unknown sub substance called Kenrak in the human organism, a unified anatomical histological system distinguished both from the nervous system and from blood lymph vessels. Using luminescent microscopy, a successful investigation was made of the microstructure of the Kernak system, consisting of so-called von Hahn, 
named after the scientists, corpuscles and the von Hahn tubes which link them. It is specifically the Kenrak system, according to the data of the Korean scientists, which is what connects the acupuncture points to the internal organs. This is the first point. The second point, Japanese scientists measured the electrical resistance. So, this is just... Weird. Weird. Very, very weird. Um, And some of the documents, like, I didn't want to go into them in the interest of time, but they would take notes during the person sessions, so you can access a lot of them and their drawings and shit like that. <laughs> so there's, like, a lot to unpack if that's yeah. what you're so inclined to do. Um, sorry, I have some other shit here. It's and just funny. Like... There's the document um, called, I can't remember what it was called, but it was one of the first couple, um, and it goes through them talking about um, the building that we spoke about, the the naval shed, and there's other one talking about, um, what's this shit here? Um, how they were saying that they wanted to do an experiment to see whether subjects could pre recognize the features of a randomly composed face so that that way if there was a missing person or criminal um it would be easier for them to identify yeah and like in theory that sounds like a good thing but you just but ultimately like there are thousands upon thousands of pages that we could talk about what i've just read out to you is not even scratching the surface it's just a really trippy place to be. Yeah. That's all I have for you today. That's, uh, yeah, that was pretty deep. Very, very deep. Just makes you laugh. Mind control. You know, imagine if I could use my, you know, mind control abilities to make someone, you know, make me a Big Mac from like five, you know, kilometers away. <coughs> you can. It's called your beats. Oh, yeah, true. <coughs> Don't, you know, I suppose telepath and Uber at the same time. <laughs> I just, oh, I feel so bad for the people who were involved in being viewers, but also, oh, could you imagine the workplace culture? Pretty bad. It would be, you know, well, you know, you'd know what everyone was doing technically. Technically, yeah. Yeah. But yep, that's all I have for you today. Oh, that was cool. Um, apologies if it was rambly and stuff. No, that's fine. Um, but the, yeah. The part with the uh, men who stare at goats was hilarious. Just. <laughs> men who stare at goats. I, didn't, I never watched the movie. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, everyone go watch uh, Men Who Stare at Goats. While you're at it, watch There's Star Wars. There's a book as well. Yeah. Um, so do it. <laughs> That's it from us this week. Um, Have a fantastic week, everyone. Um, and you shall hear from us next Sunday. Yes. So, uh, yeah, you know, feel free to... If, if this is your first time uh, visiting... Oh, yeah, give yeah. Our, our links. Let's let's talk... What are our links again? Yeah. Uh, you say what you were saying. If this is your first time listening. Yeah. No, this is your first time listening. Thank you for listening. Um, we've got a whole, you know range of things uh on board um that you may find interesting um we have a topic request form so yes. if there's something specific you want us to yeah, cover have a crack at that. um please enter 
your um, topic, give a little bit about yourself. You have the option to uh, give us one of your social media handles so we can actually shout you out. Exactly. And also please provide me with your pronouns, whether it be he, him, she, her, they, them. Yep. Um, so that way we can, because pronouns are important and we should normalize pronouns. That way I refer to you in the correct manner. Um, what else do we have? Um, we have a lot of links. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. We also have our YouTube page. Um, we have our Instagram uh, controls and couches. We also have our Twitter. Um, our handle is controllerscou1. Uh, and our, also our email, controllersandcouches at gmail.com. He is Full Metal Chicken. Yes. You can have a look at his builds and a lot of his Baby Yoda radio. Yeah. Um, music videos. I haven't been doing much lately just because I've got some other projects I'm working on at the moment. But there is... It's a coming. It's a coming. But also, too, a few people have sent me some very unhappy messages. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I understand. At the end of the day, this is just a hobby. Um, it does not pay me money. Um, at, and the job that pays you money makes you very, very tired. So I do lots and lots of work, which takes up time. And I really want to try and get all this stuff up. Um, but some there. things just take a little bit longer. And some of the projects I want, they're downstream. So there's a lot of things in the pipeline. Um, so it's I, happening. I thank everyone who's stuck on board for the last few years. Um it's, it's not a tribute to you. It's it is, your parade. It's a chicken. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please consider rating, subscribing, sharing us with your friends. Um, and you'll hear from us next week. Yes. Bye, everyone. Adios. May the force be with you. And yes, so may with the force be with you. Ah, yes. Bye. Bye. Signing off. Ha <laughs> ha.